content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuelo Marshall, Occupational Therapist. Welcome to Finding a Foothold, a community of caregivers who've had caregiving challenges and have learned many lessons along the way. We know how you do things and having the right equipment and support can make caring for your loved ones easier and safer. Stay tuned, you hear from caregivers that call in, and share challenges they face today, and you hear tips from experienced caregivers as we work together to bring hope and improve how you give care. Let's get started. Hello, this is Consuela, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Finding a Foothold. And this podcast is for those caregivers who want to move forward and be better at providing care, but also wanting to maintain who they are. They're willing to lose just a little bit of what they want to do in order to provide for a need in someone else's life. Just having that willingness to sacrifice a little bit of who you are has such a big payoff. The dividends of the sacrifice you're giving now are just exponential. And it is hard to believe that when you are right in the middle of it and things are coming at you from all angles and you feel like you're being depleted of everything, that's a, that's a real feeling. But I want this podcast to help move you away from that feeling into a reality that you can help create by focusing your attention on learning, changing, and doing things that can help you to move away from that negative feeling into a feeling of hope and into a feeling of honor, almost a privilege that you get to do this. If you're feeling low, lonely, depressed, because you feel like you have been roped into caregiving, this has stolen every part of you, I hope I can change your mind about that somewhat. And I am a firm believer that not everyone is meant to do this. You're choosing to be here because it is in your heart to do this. Not because it's easy and you've got all the answers, but you're willing to start the process I really want to see if we can help you move forward into finding out how to do it and then still having your life to live. And I think we can do that. An important part of 
this podcast. The reason I do this, I am doing this podcast because as an occupational therapist, there are a lot of things that therapists can do to help you in the process of caregiving. So right now I'm going to really focus on what I see in the home as a home health therapist and how I can utilize the skills of an occupational therapist to help improve the life and the abilities of the caregiver who's choosing to care directly, who's choosing to be there. And as therapists, the number one question I ask is, what is your goal? I see what's happened You've had a stroke, or you've had a hip replacement, a knee replacement. You've had an amputation. You've just been bedbound and sick for months, and now you're home and things are totally different. What is it that you want to see happen? And that's the question I want to ask caregivers. What do you want to see happen? You know, in occupational therapists, please know we are not there just for the patient. We are there for the caregiver. So let me first of all just explain what occupational therapists do. That is like the number one question or number two. You know, most people, (laughs) when I meet them, they say, say your name again. I say, Consuela. Who gave you that name? You know, it's always a joke. If we can get past my name and then they'll say, well, can I call you anything else beyond that? My question to them is, what do you want to see happen? What is your goal for your life moving forward? And I want to parallel that with you as caregivers. What is your goal? What is the problem that you're seeing that's happening that you want to address? What is it you would like to see happen by me coming out to treat you? And we'll start to talk about it. And I narrow it down to what occupational therapists do. Now, that word occupation just means task. What is it you want to do? That's, that's the whole definition of occupational therapist. I wish they had a name to us. What do you want to do, therapist? What are the things of day-to-day life that need to be done in anybody's life? Those are the things that occupational therapists address. So let me give you a more formal definition of OT. And that definition that I want to share with you is occupational therapy helps people across their life span to do the things they want and need to do. Occupational therapy practitioners enable people of all ages to live life to the fullest by helping them promote health and prevent or live better with injury, illness, or disability. I love that definition. And the word occupation is our fancy word for the things you want to do, need to do, and are expected to do in your daily life. Simply, we as occupational therapists, we assess what is it you were doing before this illness, sickness, injury occurred? Were you getting yourself dressed, going to the bathroom, in and out of bed? Were you cooking? Were you whatever you were doing? Were you were you walking? Were you walking with a walker, walking with a cane? 
Did you use the wheelchair? So we assessed all of these things that were happening prior to whatever happened. And then we started assessing your body, looking at strength, range of motion, balance, all the types of deficits that can occur. And you're saying to me, the answer to that question is, I want to be able to dress myself again. I want to be able to go to the bathroom on my own without having to call my granddaughter in to help me. I want to be able to walk with the walker again, or I'm on the walker, but I, I want to be able to walk without uh, a device again. I need to figure out how I'm going to take a bath because I have no one here to help me. So we're assessing all of these things that are important to the patient. But unfortunately, not everyone recovers or not, or they recover so slowly that life is still going on and things need to be done, but they are not able to do those things. So guess what my role as a therapist is? I address the issues that I see. I'm working on strengthening. I'm working on increasing range of motion. I'm putting you through balance activities. I am in your home telling you things that need to be changed. And I'm and I'm really setting the stage on what can we do to help you function now with the deficits plus moving you toward independence and weaning you off of those devices and all of this being done while we are really focused on the safety the safety of you being able to do those things as a patient. But when these things are not happening quickly or will not happen, my eyes are at the caregiver. Okay, this is what I feel we can, we can really accomplish with improving their skills, but I need to work with you because they are at this level and they're going to need this much help from you. And the, my goal, of course, is increasing the patient's abilities and decreasing the dependence on the caregiver that's present. And so my focus is I'm always keep the caregiver there, (laughs) keep them safe, keep them feeling that they can do this. So caregivers, my eyes are now on you. And I have the same questions for you. What do you want to see happen? What is your goal? What would be the thing you would like to see take place. And in order for you to even know that, you have to be just like us as therapists. Before we get there, we have a history and physical sheet. So we have a good idea of what is going on. And so as a caregiver, you must first get knowledge about what is going on with your loved one. What has happened? And What's going on in their body now? Not just they are paralyzed on what side. You want to really see what parts of that side still have movement, which ones still don't. I don't expect you to be a therapist, but I really want you to really know a little bit about what's going on. What happens in a person's body or what can you expect when they return home after a knee surgery? after a hip surgery? What are some of the things that can ease pain? What are some things, you know, if you arm yourself with information and then when they are home or you're home with them, you're no longer clueless. You at least have some baseline of what's going on. So first, before you can even set a goal that you must 
really know what is going on. Mom was in the hospital. She had a bladder infection. Well, do your research on what are some of the things that can occur because of a bladder infection. Talk to people who've been through it before and just sort of arm yourself with knowledge. And now you've got a general, I'm not saying go through the medical journals and don't wear yourself out, but they've got a lot of simplified information on the internet that you can glean information from. So once you've got a fair understanding of what has happened, now you want to know what has changed. As far as what can they no longer do? Just because a person had a stroke doesn't mean they can't do X, Y, or Z. Because strokes vary. Just because a patient or a person has had a hip surgery does not mean they're going to be in this type of situation. Because number one, pain tolerances are so different. What's intolerable for someone may not be the case with your loved one. And please don't make the mistake of comparing somebody else's surgery or illness with your loved one. Uncle Joe had a hip surgery and he was out of bed and doing this in three days. And Ma, and then you get to complaining and you get these unrealistic expectations of what they should be doing. And it it may not be fair. So you want to really learn from Maybe the therapist who's there, or you've been dealing with this a while and you know what they can do and what they can't do. And you want to really know those things because that's going to determine what the next thing that's going to occur. And that thing is, then what is your goal? So you had to find out more about the problem that occurred, the diagnosis, the surgery, what can happen with that. The second one, what is the thing that has changed about them? What are they no longer able to do? You know, are they not able to walk now? Can they not use their left arm? Can they not sit without falling over to the side? Some of these things you will learn by just in the process of doing life because you still have to do life. You still have to do things. It's not like, oh, your hands are tied because you don't know what's going on. No, they still need to be fed. They're still gonna have the urge to go to the bathroom. And you're still going to have to either assist them or go with the undergarments. But either way, something's going to have to be done. So you're in the situation and you're really going through what has changed. Because when it changes, guess what? You're in there picking up the slack. So you've discovered or you're discovering or you, you want to know what the changes are. Or you have been in this and you already know how things have changed. I am not talking to a new caregiver. You have been taking care of mom for years. You've been taking care of your husband for years. And you know, things change over the years. What someone was able to do may be different now. Things change recently. They were at this level, then they got the virus, or then they fail, and then they're now at this level. You want to determine what is going on. Now, what has changed now that they're not able to do? Now, the next step. What do you need to see change? What is your goal? Look, I've talked to them. I've gotten their goal, their goals from them. And you may have the same goals. They may say, I want to be able to sit up on the side of the bed and get in the wheelchair by myself. And you're like, yes, they need to be able to do that. Then you all have a common goal. And I want you to just keep it simple. You know, not these big global 
goals like I want them to be back the way they were. Well, yeah, we all do. I wish they all were back the way they were. But I am saying as a caregiver, what are those day-to-day tasks that drive you crazy? That are so hard to do that you just like, oh my gosh, I hate to get out of bed because I have to blank. Whatever that fill in the blank is for you, that's what we need to address. That's a goal. That is a goal. Find that thing that you would like to see improve and make that a goal for you and a goal for them. Talk those two things out amongst yourself and make sure you're on the same page of this. Because if you have a goal and they are not in agreement with it or they're not, uh, it's not important to them, then you've got a problem. And if they've got a goal that's not your goal, then I want you to figure out how you all can still work that out. Because there are certain things that men value a little bit more different than what ladies value. And so it is really important that you honor something that's a reasonable goal that they would like to address. Now, in the making of the goal, which is the the third process of what do you want to see happen? What is the goal? Please make sure they're reasonable. What can you reasonably expect from mom, from dad, from husband and it's really easy to do in the beginning so if you set the stage and you know what happened to them what the illness was and you see what changed in their body and they are no longer able to do certain things and then you still have goals you need this part to get better you know you have to start working on that thing you want to change and I do believe Everything can change a little bit. It may not be exactly reasonable that they can, it can get back to exactly the way it was, but we can find this place where you finally say, that's okay, that's, if that's the best they can do, then yeah, I'll have to accept that. So as caregivers, things can be very difficult. Every person is different. Every diagnosis is different. But there is a way to have progress with everything. So as you're thinking about those things and there's things that you have to do that there's no way that they can do these. You've already said they this has really taken away the majority of their independence and you are left doing the majority of everything. Please equip yourself with proper techniques to get the job done. If you can become more efficient by simplifying tasks, just finding fulfillment within you that in doing this for them, that you're adding value to their life and value to yours, that that just gives you energy to keep going. So I just want to challenge you all who are there and saying that I, I want to be here. I want to do this. I'm honored to do this, but I'm struggling trying to do this. I want you to find a way to make it better. And finding a way that allows you to continue to do this while combining and merging your life that you once lived into this caregiving process. That's what successful caregiving is all about. Not you doing more, getting more and more added on your plate, but 
in every stage of the caregiving. There is a way to move through it with the least amount of stress. But you've got to want it and you've got to want to do this. You know, half the battle of being at a place of contentment at caregiving is that you've got to want to be there. You've got to want to do this. You've got to want to make those sacrifices. You've got to want to reach out for support and hold on to those things that are important to you. I think you've got to have all of those in play. Otherwise, the isolation the depression, the resentment, and all that creeps in. And it doesn't take long. Just miss one party, <laughs> one, you know, one get-together, one family reunion, one this, and oh, and then you're on Facebook and everybody is in the picture but you. It doesn't take long for the resentment to come in. But, you know, you can easily flip that switch and be that one that is so... Not overjoyed. Look, I'm not trying to make this a bed of roses, but it's so content at what you're doing. And you're so positive about what you're doing. And to the the ones around you, just look, you're a light unto them, what you're doing in, in the life of your loved one, because y'all are doing it together. And you still have peace. You still have hope. You still have joy. And when you're like that, people want to help you. And when you've got people like, yeah, I'm going to go over it. I'm going to sit for three hours while she can go do this or go do that. And then when you return and they, they're they there, then you get a little time to chit chat together. You know, you just have all of these things going on till you can make this something that is not a dread and something that is not so negative in your life. So remember, if you have a desire to make changes, to move beyond the settling for however it falls into place and all the negativity that comes in with that, then I encourage you to start action today. Make those goals and find the way to make those goals happen. Start reaching out so that you can see change in your life as you are meeting the needs of your loved one. And caregivers, you can start reaching out by visiting the findingafoothold.com website using the call-in button and telling us what that problem is. And allow this community to rally with you, give you all types of tips and strategies that they have used and have found success with doing as they have cared for their loved ones. And also while you're on the website, you can visit the consult page and learn some information about how you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one session where you can give in-depth solutions and strategies to help you with that caregiving problem. And I'll see you again next time. Now the call-in line. Hello and welcome to the call-in segment of the podcast. And the first call for today came from a Rebecca from Louisiana. She's a nurse. And Rebecca just had a comment. And she said, thank you for this podcast. I really appreciate having something that I can share with my patients. I am also a home health professional. And I have many families that have questions and that I have concerns about them possibly falling or things are just not going well in the home. So I've already began to tell some of my patients about this podcast and I hope they call in and I appreciate this Finding a Foothold community. 
Well, thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate you calling in. That means a whole lot because that's what I want to do. I want to be that that resource for families to call in and just ask that question that they need help in solving. So yes, and please continue to share it. And I really appreciate that. So thank you, Rebecca, the nurse from Louisiana. And the next call is from a Steve from Texas. Steve is calling because he's currently in Texas with his mother, but he lives and works in Florida. He's there, has been there a week, and he is there assisting his mother who is recovering from a gallbladder surgery. He can tell she's much stronger and doing more, but he's, he's wondering when is it safe for him to go home. He mentioned that he has to go back to work and that he has other obligations and family to take care of, but he is concerned that at what point should he go back to work? How long should he stay and assist his mom? Okay, Steve, thank you so much for taking care of mom, leaving your job and your family and just coming to the aid of your mom. I appreciate that, and I'm sure she does too. What I want to encourage you to do is, before you leave, make sure she can do things. That the only way that you can know what she can do is by allowing her to do those things. So while you are there and you are capable of helping her with everything that needs to be done, don't do those things that she can do. If she is starting to gain strength, then gradually pull back and allow her to continue to strengthen herself by doing tasks. So if she's getting her balance and she's moving around, start relinquishing those tasks back to her. Maybe side by side, standing with her. Start with, can she do her own breakfast? Just right there with her, just making sure she can do a small little kitchen task and or that she can heat up meals in a microwave. She can get things out of the microwave and bring them to the table to eat. Those things you wanna allow her to do while you're still there. So pull back a little bit but only in those areas where she's safe and allow her to do those things. If you're doing them the whole time you're there, then you do not know what she's able to do. So I wanna encourage you to not help so much, just supervise and give her tips, um, things that you see that could be problematic and just allowing her to do it. Seeing how she brings takes a cup of coffee from one room to the other, how she can start a light load of laundry. Look, she is recovering from surgery, so we're not expecting that she's going to do tons of things, but those things that can just, those essentials that she can do that can sustain her for those day-to-day tasks, please allow her, her to do those things while you're there. And then when you're gone, then you'll have some type of assurance that she can do those. Other things that you can do is just maybe hiring someone that can probably come in in those busy times of the day, which are the mornings. Just somebody you can hire for just three or four hours in the morning that can come in and make sure she's got breakfast started and they can even prepare her lunch and then she just has to heat the lunch at noontime. But they can at least set her day, get her day started, making sure she's up and dressed and cleaned and uh, that her meal's that's a start. So yeah, doing that thing, doing that and maybe getting some type of a call alert button where she can notify someone when she needs help. And there are all types of video monitoring where you all can sit and talk 
times of the day, or, you know, or FaceTiming type things where you can, you know, get, get your eyes on her and make sure you can have a sense that she's doing okay. So I hope those things work out and good luck and safe trips back to Florida. And the last one of the day is a one that deals with dressing. We have a Mary from Louisiana. She's currently taking care of her dad who has Parkinson's. He has difficulty walking. He stands, but he has uh, very choppy movements. And she's now having more difficulty with putting his pants on in bed because it's so difficult for him to roll side to side. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for taking care of dad. And yes, Parkinson's individuals become very rigid. So rolling is difficult. And if he's having problems rolling, then he's probably not going to do another technique that I use, which is called bridging, where you get him to lift his bottom off the bed by bending his knees up and putting his feet flat on the bed and seeing if he can just lift his bottom. He's lifting his bottom by pressing down through his feet and the upper part of his back, the back of his shoulders. If he can do that while he's lying flat in bed, that lifts his bottom off the bed and you can finish pulling the pants all the way up to the waist. If that doesn't work, Mary, then the other thing is waiting till he's in the wheelchair. If you're putting him in the wheelchair, then you put his feet through the pants and pull the pants up to the thigh. Then finding a fixed surface like a grab bar or a sink, a countertop, just something that he can pull up and stand briefly and then you quickly pull the pants up. Or if he can put both arms on the wheelchair and push up, then it just gives you enough clearance where you can pull the pants up to the waist. Yeah, trying to roll side to side, that can be very difficult and it could be quite a chore on your back. So I hope those tips of those other tips of pulling the pants up help. And again, Mary, Mary, thank you. Thank you for taking care of dad. And so that concludes the calls for today. And I want to thank the callers who called in and thanking you, Rebecca, the nurse who's sharing the podcast with others. And I want to encourage the listeners to do the same. If you know anyone who's struggling and they're complaining because they are having difficulty helping to take care of parents and spouses, help them to move beyond that by giving them the information on how to contact this podcast by going to the website, findingafoothold.com. So again, I thank you all so much. It's a pleasure to do this. And I want to say thank you to every caregiver that is sacrificing their time and their efforts to take care of a loved one. I want to say thank you. And I'll see you all again next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Finding a Foothold podcast. I hope you found information helpful for your situation and you're beginning to envision yourself as a successful caregiver. Remember, you cannot do this alone. So if you have a question to ask or a word of encouragement for other caregivers, I encourage you to call in by visiting the findingafoothold.com website and using the call-in button. You can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We also ask 
that you share our podcast with others who are navigating this challenging caregiving journey. Join us again next time. Finding a Foothold cares about how you give care.